Remember, remember the 5th of November, the gunpowder, treason, and plot? Uh, guys, what do you want to forget about this week or just life in general? Matt, let's start with you on this one. Um, oh. You know, this is there's so many options. So many. I don't have a good answer for this one. I really don't. Like, I thought about this all afternoon, and there's just a plethora of possibilities. <laughs> Um, Tabitha, I feel like you've got a good answer. Um, my answer is that I would like to forget slash never forget how awful, like, at least half of Americans are. That would be cool <laughs> if I could forget that everyone is a terrible, shitty human being. <laughs> That'd be great, but I can't. So here we are. <laughs> Lydia. Yeah, I have to agree with Tabitha. Like, that would be a great thing to forget, but unfortunately you can't. So... I guess you just got to grin and bear it and live with it and cry on the inside. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I think for me, I just want to forget that baby sharks a thing. I know I keep coming back to it, but like it comes up and then it's stuck in my head for three weeks. You know, I never think about baby shark until you say something about baby shark. And then I then Therefore, I have baby sharks stuck in my head. So if you would quit thinking about it, I could quit thinking about it. Have you finally heard the song? Because I know at one point, like, you had gone out of your way to... No, I haven't heard, like, the actual song, but I've heard the children sing the song. (laughs) That's enough. That's all you need. That's enough. I I don't possibly need any more than that. There was one time, this was, like, maybe, like, a couple weekends ago at work, but, like, Two days in a row, uh, there were I there were families in my section, and they were like the kid was like listening to Baby Shark like on their iPad or whatever. And then the next day, I was I had a day off, and I was at like Target or something, and a child was playing Baby Shark from their iPad. Mm-mm. No, that's irresponsible parenting. That's what that is. <laughs> it's something. You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right, so we're going to start tonight with another edition of Trailer Takedown. We have a couple trailers to talk about tonight. Uh, We are going to start with one that came out uh, just today. Uh, we saw the trailer for the Lego Star Wars uh, holiday special. This was phenomenal. Uh, this will stream on Disney Plus starting November 17th. And all of your favorites are there. You've got uh, multiple Luke Skywalkers. You've got lo- multiple Han Solos. You've got Ray. You've got Poe in an ugly Life Day sweater. You've got BB-8. You've got Baby Yoda. Oh my goodness. Like... I cannot wait for this. Like, I need this in my life right now. I feel like this is going to make 2020 worth it for me. Um, Tabitha, what about Hillbilly Elegy? So Hillbilly Elegy is going to debut on Netflix on November 24th. Um, It is based on J.D. Vance's uh, memoir, biography, whatever, of the same name. Uh, This book was really triggering for me 
Um, and so watching this trailer was a, like extra triggering for me. And you guys remember that time that I said on air that I bleeping hate Amy Adams? Mm-hmm. That still applies. Um, <laughs> however, um, I did text two of my friends and say, have you guys watched the trailer for Hillbilly Elegy starring Amy Adams as my biological mother? <laughs> because oh, this is my child. <laughs> the accuracy, like, it's like watching baby Tabitha's life. It's awful. However, this trailer looks fantastic. It's Amy Adams and Glenn Close, of all people. Uh, J.D. Vance is someone who grew up in Appalachia in a poor community raised by his grandmother and his alcoholic druggy mother. And his rise out of that population. Uh, trailer looks great. Looks like I'm going to watch it and then need to rock back and forth on my floor for two days. Uh, <laughs> but I'm pretty excited to watch this, even though it's probably going to make me cry like everything else does. Uh, we're going to start the tallies with Lydia. Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> so watching the Star Wars thing made me laugh in more ways than one because I still have not seen the original Star Wars holiday special because my Star Wars knowledge is still very limited. But all the different, like, intentional things of, like, breaking the fourth wall in there made me laugh. And it looks adorable and campy and it's Lego and that kind of bugs me, but, you know, whatever. (laughs) The, (laughs) The other one... It intrigues me and it looks good, but it bugs the crap out of me that Amy Adams cannot hold that accent. <laughs> like even Sorry, for a trailer, it bugs <laughs> me that you can, you can come. Come on, <sighs> they both look good in their own way. But I think of the two, I'd probably watch the Star Wars special more or quicker than I would the other one. So I'm gonna say like seven for it, three for the other one. All right. Uh, Matt. Um, this Lego holiday special, Star Wars holiday special trailer, looks like it might, I, I don't know. There's, there's parts of this trailer which harken back to the original holiday special, which is absolutely beyond fantastic. Um, I am a huge fan of the Lego like animated stuff. I think that's fantastic. Love it. I don't know. This just looks fun and kind of intelligent at the same time because they're pulling from like all the different trilogies, like all nine movies. Um, plus the Mandalorian. Cause we have baby Yoda. Um, the Hillbilly elegy trailer looks super interesting. Also, I didn't have a clue that that was going close until her name popped up on the screen. <laughs> Um, that just kind of blew me away. Um, this, it, it looks awesome, but also like difficult, like, like a difficult topic to kind of like ingest. Um, I'm going to go four points for Hillbilly Elegy and six for Legos. All right. So uh, for me, y'all heard what I said about Lego Star Wars. Um yeah, I need this in my life right now. Hillbilly Elegy. Um, it's n- I don't necessarily think that. I don't know. Like 
the trailer was good. The trailer did a really damn good job of showing us what it wanted to show us, you know? That said, like, I kind of felt... I kind of got, like, a precious vibe from it, you know? Like, I could see myself watching this movie, but, like, exactly one time. Like, I loved the movie Precious, but, like, I have zero interest in ever seeing it again because it was that deep. And I and that's what I... And that's kind of what I got with Hillbilly Elegy. Um, yeah, like... I, yeah, like I said, it's a, it's a good trailer. Uh, but that said, Star Wars, I'm copying you, Matt. I'm giving Star Wars six points, Hillbilly Elegy uh, four. Tabitha. So I'm going to give Star Wars nine points and Hillbilly Elegy one point. <laughs> Even though it was my own trailer and I just said how excited I am, I'm also very nervous and very skeptical. And I feel like I'm going to need to watch the Star Wars movie after watching Hillbilly Elegy just so I don't want to slip my wrist. So... <laughs> Not wow. <laughs> <laughs> All right. This got dark. <laughs> Welcome to me watching the Hillbillyology trailer. Yeah. <laughs> so with a score of 12 to 28, the Star Wars Lego <laughs> Holiday Special wins this round of trailer takedown. <laughs> uh... And no wrists will be slit. <laughs> celebrating life day. <laughs> we'll see what happens. <laughs> oh my god. Uh, All right. So uh, we are going to start tonight. We've got a bunch of books to review. Um, they're all out now. The first one is from Oni Press. It's by Wook Jin Clark. It is Gudetama, Surviving the Holidays. And uh, with this book... Everyone's favorite egg is back to help with advice on all the holidays to ease the stress uh, this type this time of year brings. Um, for me, Gudetama is quickly becoming one of my favorite characters. Um, a lot like his last the last book, uh, this is full of fun, quick stories, uh, and actually it does have some good advice. Sometimes, you know, even for an egg. Uh, that, that I am absolutely going to try asking Santa to pay my student loans. How have I never thought of that before? Uh, Matt, what did you think? Um, I, I enjoy this a lot. Like this, like the other one was a lot of fun. Um, there were a few instances where Gudetama was just kind of like, eh, just, you know, deal with it. And then there's other times where like actually gave halfway decent advice, which kind of threw me. Um, and uh, I, I guess after the last one, I was expecting a little bit more lengthy stories. A lot of these were like two pages and then done. Um, that was the only thing really that kind of got me about this was that it was just like I expected them to be a little bit longer. So some of that was a little jarring. Um, but I did appreciate the one kind of lengthy story that was broken up into pieces throughout the whole thing. Mm -hmm. And that one I really did enjoy. That one was it was really cute. Um, had a good message and it was just like, it, it was a nice feel good story for like for the whole thing. Tabitha, what about you? I am Gudetama and Gudetama is me. Um, <laughs> every time Gudetama's like, but can we take a nap? I'm like, oh my God, same. <laughs> like, even like the holiday advice for how to deal with like stress and be like, just leave your phone at home. Just ignore them. Just don't let them come. Just say, screw it. You don't need to have a Christmas. How many times have I canceled Christmas? This is literally the most relatable version of Gudetama that exists. I think only once. 
Yeah, I did cancel Christmas and it was just once because um, I couldn't wrap a present perfectly. Um, <laughs> college anxiety is my favorite anxiety. So I might actually read this once I get closer to Christmas when I'm feeling all the holiday pressure. So I can be like, you know what? It doesn't really matter anyway. I'm just going to take a nap. So like I said, really relatable. Great message. Having advice sometimes and having it, no advice some other times just feels normal to me so i feel like they did that on purpose so i i it's just cute so ah so out now from valiant uh written by, <laughs> just i dropped my pin you guys know like i drop my pin at least once a week it's just, it was it's just the sound though <laughs> <laughs> i did scream it's okay my apologies continue <laughs> So, uh, out now from Valiant, uh, written by Christopher Hastings and art by uh, Ryan Brown is Quantum and Woody. Uh, so, in this uh, in this arc, Foster Brothers and slash crime fighting partners Eric and Woody Henderson are Earth's last hope against a team of mad scientists. Uh, Matt, you said you got about halfway through. What are your thoughts so far? So, I'm actually really enjoying this. Um, it's it's an irreverent take on superheroes, if you will. Um, I mean, these guys are the worst superheroes. Like, they're basically accidental superheroes, if you will. Um, aside from their superpowers, which that might be my only big complaint, is that there's no real explanation of what kind of powers they actually have. Um, but they are kind of like figuring out additional powers as they go through this adventure what okay i'm listening to you you're laughing at me no i'm not laughing at you at all continue <laughs> she and lydia are both laughing it's not a him it's not a him it's not Is a it him. me Just okay laugh. continue <laughs> i don't know um I, I am only about halfway through i'm gonna finish this and this is definitely a series that i would continue to pick up um just because it's I don't know. It, it's fun. It's like a different take kind of on um, superheroes. Doesn't take everything quite so seriously. Yeah. Uh, for me, uh, Quantum and Woody, they are a superhero team that I just, I can't get enough of. I've been reading them for a while. Uh, and this is, for me, it was a fun story. It does a good job of building off of older stories, but also like, it is like new user friendly or new reader friendly, I guess. Uh, it'll explain... Tabitha's giving me a look. Is it? <laughs> um, at okay, I guess for me, coming from somebody who, you know, is more familiar with the story, I felt that, you know, there were some, there were points where it would explain things that you didn't necessarily, you know, that, that, that you need to know. I don't, I guess it didn't explain everything, but, but yeah, but the, the big plot points, I feel like, is new reader friendly. Um, one of the things I do love about these two characters, though, is that even though, yeah, they are a terrible superhero team, um, they couldn't be more different. But at the end of the day, they are, you know, foster brothers. They are there for each other. Uh, I felt that this book has a lot of laughs and as well as a lot of action. I thought it was a good read. So, um, Also from Oni Press is Dryad number six, uh, written by Curtis uh, YB and art by Justin uh, Barcelo Osterling. So in this issue, uh, we learn a little more about uh, Yale's background and the influence his father has 
as well as a surprise or two a, about uh, Rana and Griff. Uh, as usual for me, the art in this book is just stunning. Um, I love how each scene feels way different from the last, and like there's there's a stark contrast between like the. Uh, for lack of a better term, dream sequence with the kids versus um, like when Yale's father and I think brother are brother. Yeah. Are in that bar, you know, it's like you didn't get the two mixed up at all. You know, Um, I do have a feeling though, that as we reach the climax of the story, uh, the kids are going to play a much larger role than I initially thought at the beginning. Um, Matt, what did you think about this? Um, I have to agree with you in regards to the art. Um, the jumping around was a little confusing, but at the same point, the fact that the coloration, I mean, the art style is consistent all the way through, but the coloration um, between the different like parts is different, which helps signify, like let you know that you've moved from one to another. Um, this, this book just continues to impress me. Um, I, I love the story. I really thought after issue five that this was going to be kind of the, I, I think we talked about this, Mitch, like we thought that this was kind of going to be an end of an arc, mm-hmm. um, that we would get some sort of closure. Uh, for me, this basically brought no closure and just a bucket load more questions. Um, we do get some like epiphanies or realizations, um, that are very important. But yeah, I, this just like, there's so many more questions that I need to have answers to, especially like in reference to his family now um, that just it kind of opened up a whole new can of worms. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I love it. I continue to love this book and I'm continuing to look forward to every new issue. So the uh, last book that we're going to talk about tonight is out from Vault. It's Money Shot number 10, written by Tim Seeley and Sarah Beatty, with art by Rebecca Isaacs. Um, and I am just reading this synopsis just straight from the email that we got because I can't do this one justice. So the triple <laughs> explorers uh, must protect the supreme authority of the universe from some really decadent space knights. Are they ready to become heralds of the gods? And is that a sexual position? Emotions flare and chainsaw genitalia roar in the epic conclusion to the second arc. Uh, I realized today that I'm like super far behind on Money Shot and I tried to get caught up and I did not do it. However, Tabitha is caught up. Uh, What did you think of this issue? Uh, Tabitha is caught up in the sense that Tabitha read issue one and two and then also read nine. Um, However, this (laughs) issue made me want to read what is that math? Three through eight. Um, <laughs> this one, like the first two, when we were reading them, like was not what I was expecting it to be. But then once you realize what it is, you're like, okay, it manages to be like super sexual humor, but also like a really good plot. And like these characters that you actually care about while at the same time, like, chainsaw genitalia like (laughs) on page two when I was not expecting that because I haven't read anything since issue two uh so turning the page to page two I was like oh okay that's a chainsaw that's how he's gonna get through the door 
cool. Uh, <laughs> but like the technology and stuff of this one is always like really well explained for something that feels so like sexually graphic. It's also very scientific. And I'm like, who wrote this? Like whose mind did this fall out of? Um, I liked how this one ended though. It kind of left it open, but also you could tell it was, it was ending. <laughs> I hear you, Mitch. Uh, like you could also tell it was ending like an arc that I wasn't familiar with. But it wasn't one of those things where I started reading it on like page two. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell's going on. Like I actually could like pick up the story, which I really appreciated. Um, I, I kind of want to go back and read them now. I don't know that I will, but I kind of, I want to. If we get another issue, I'm doing it because like there's these like, two characters that are having like all this tension and it's like in the background. I'm like, but I want to know what's going on guys. <laughs> like, I'm like, Hey, hi, can someone explain? But like, you know, I can't because I didn't read the stupid issues. So that's my fault. <laughs> uh, would recommend though. <laughs> Including right. change. In Atelier. <laughs> I don't know that I could ever recommend that. <laughs> um, it's done in a pretty creative way. Like if you got to get through the door and you just happen to have, a chainsaw available. What better way to get through the door? <laughs> yeah, got a good point, I guess. <laughs> Somebody does. <laughs> oh, zing. All right. Be before this takes a dangerous turn, let's get into some gut reaction. <laughs> gut reaction. And we're going to start gut reaction tonight with Matt and some Walking Dead news. Yeah, I just we can't we can't get away from Walking Dead, and we're not going to until this series is over. Um, Hillary Burton has been cast as a guest star, um, and she will show up in at least one of the additional episodes that we're going to get early in 2021. Um, she is going to play the infamous Lucille, uh, who is Megan's. Uh, well. Yes and no. Um, <laughs> Negan's wife um, was named Lucille, who he named the bat after. Um, How romantic. Right? Uh, it's touching. Um, <laughs> uh, she is going to play Lucille in at least one of these episodes. Um, she's also Jeffrey Dean Morgan's real life wife. I didn't know that. Really? They've been married since 2019. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> so his real life wife is going to play his character's wife? Or, well, not to spoil anything, but she dies in the comics, which is why he names the bat after her. It's not really why. But anyway, she's going to be in one of the episodes coming in 2021. So, um, I don't know. I recently just read the graphic novel, which introduces the actual character of Lucille. It wasn't quite what I was expecting from that story. I'm going to go thumb sideways on the whole thing because I think it's cool that they're like playing husband and wife when they're real life husband and wife. But I don't know how this is going to go. Yeah. Um, I remember reading this graphic novel and being very disappointed in <laughs> Negan. Yeah. after reading the graphic novel and i have 
no opinion after season three of The Walking Dead. I mean, I'm like, what, season 332 or something like that? This will be the end of season 10. That's nine too many seasons. Um, <laughs> so, thumbs down because The Walking Dead is still a thing? Is that a thing I can do? Can I thumbs down the whole thing? <laughs> <laughs> I'm feeling very liberal with my thumbs. Uh, I'm also going thumbs sideways. I, at the end of the day, I don't have an opinion on this. Like, I have abandoned the idea of getting caught up on The Walking Dead years ago. Um, so the TV show, I'm so far removed of it from it. The comic book, I was never super hardcore into. So, sure. Lydia. I like the idea of it being his actual life because I that always brings good on-screen chemistry anyway. But, yeah, I'm so far behind on things. I, I stopped watching The Walking Dead when Negan became a part of it. So I, don't, I have no idea what's going on. I've never read any, any of the comics. So just overall, I'm going to go with them sideways. Tabitha, let's talk about David Tennant and Patrick Stewart. Not necessarily so, at the same time. <laughs> uh, Patrick Stewart there for a while was doing his sonnet readings via his Instagram. Well, now the YouTube channel, The Show Must Go On, has announced a month-long series of free Shakespeare productions. Um, the films are going to be available on Mondays for free and will stream for the whole week. Uh, Shakespeare season, quote-unquote, has already kicked off, um, but you are going to be able to watch Macbeth starring Patrick Stewart, and then on November 23rd, they're going to air Shakespeare's Sonnets, which is a film that showcases Shakespeare's 154 sonnets that are going to be read by David Tennant, Dominic West, Kim Cattrall, Stephen Fry, lots and lots more. Um, I love this idea. I feel like Patrick Stewart kind of brought Shakespeare back and like people who are not super familiar or educating themselves. And I love that this is something that's going to be available for free, especially in a time when most children aren't at school. And I feel like Shakespeare is a really important part of education for even really young kids. So I, I love this thumbs up. So you could say that Patrick Stewart's bringing Shakespeare back. Lydia Bell. Bell. <laughs> Got it. <laughs> <laughs> Um, thumbs up. This is phenomenal. Lydia. <laughs> yeah, this is amazing. And I, all the people involved just sound wonderful. And I can't wait to go find this. So definite thumbs up. Uh, this is great, especially when you get people like uh, Patrick Stewart and uh, David Tennant involved and for free. Huge thumbs up. Uh, Matt, let's talk about some unicorns. Unicorn warriors. Um, so <laughs> I don't know why they required a song. Um, <laughs> it's been a long day. <laughs> it has. Um, so Jendi Tartakovsky, who has become famous with Dexter's Lab, Samurai Jack, work on Powerpuff Girls, all the, some of those like fantastic Cartoon Network shows, um, is working on a brand new cartoon series. This one is called Unicorn Warriors Eternal. It's inspired by myths and folklore. And the main characters are unicorns who have to protect the world while they are trapped in the bodies of angsty teens. Um, there's no release date yet. It's being produced by HBO Max and Cartoon Network. I'm just going to say right now that if this releases on HBO Max, 
I'm paying the $15 for HBO Max to watch this. This sounds awesome. Thumbs up. Tabitha. Lydia, can I come over while he's watching this weird unicorn show? (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you can. I was going to say I'm going to come over and hang out at your guys' house so I don't have to pay for HBO Max, but okay. (laughs) I'll go to your house and hang out in the quiet. You can come here. Perfect. Perfect solution. (laughs) I'm not watching this weird unicorn show. Come sideways. I'm sorry. (laughs) Uh, This sounds weird and absurd in the best way possible. I'm ready for it. Thumbs up. Lydia. Yeah, like I said, I was gonna, I'm going to go hang out with Matt and watch this apparently so I don't have to pay for HBO Max if that's a thing. Because <laughs> it sounds campy and crazy and uh, I'm here for it. Why not? Thumbs up. <laughs> so following January's future state event, uh, DC uh, rumors are is that DC is going to be moving towards an omniverse-styled universe instead of the current uh, multiverse, which will make continuity less important and will allow for more creative uh, freedom through storytelling. Uh, Bleeding Cool is suggesting that DC may be launching a book that relaunches the new continuity later next year. Um, I'm giving this a thumb sideways. While at on the one hand, I do like the idea of creators having a little bit more freedom now like the big titles are going to have more a little bit more strict continuity i mean it's you know like your batman your superman etc um but uh at the same time like they're gonna do this and then like five ten years down the road be like oh hey uh we're gonna reboot the universe and make it a multiverse again and uh, just kidding guys so i'm gonna (laughs) give this a thumb sideways lydia yeah, I'm not sure about that because, like you said, I feel like that's mo- mostly what I heard from that was relaunch, redo, we whatever. It's just another chance for them to change their mind down the road, and I'm not sure that I like the idea of just making it a free for all as far as timelines go with these stories. Like, if you're gonna have any kind of storyline, stick to it. Don't just be like, oh, well, we're going over here now. Especially if you're just going to change your mind about it later. So, thumb sideways. Matt? Yeah, I kind of feel the same way. Like, there's there's part of me that says, okay, if you're going to do this to allow a little bit more freedom for the writers and the artists for storylines, okay, cool. But at the same time, like that's kind of the point of the multiverse. Like, If you have a story that doesn't fit in the main timeline, you, you know, put the story in a new universe that doesn't exactly fit. Um, I don't know. I, it, it might be a way to clean things up, but it's probably just going to make things more convoluted. It's always a back and forth, especially with comics and like how they run their universes and timelines. So it's thumb sideways. Yeah. I'm also going to go thumb sideways because the like blending and the multiverse is one of the reasons I feel like I can't read single issue comics correctly. Um, but at the same time, like if I started reading them when everything was in like one universe and then in a couple years, they're like, JK, like it's going to throw off like everything I've just learned and gotten used to. So that would just make me angry. Uh, Tabitha, we're going to stick with you and talk about Anne Boleyn. Okay, so the internet likes to get real mad about stuff, but uh, Jodie Turner-Smith is going to play Anne Boleyn in a three-part drama uh, that's going to air on Channel 5 in the UK. 
Um, it will detail like the months leading from the time that Henry VIII sentences Anne Boleyn to death and her actual death. Um, it is said to be directed by Lindsay Miller. Um, this is honestly a bunch of like UK people that I've literally never heard of, but it's going to be told from Anne's perspective as she tries to, you know, stay alive and figure out what's going to happen to Elizabeth and, you know, challenge the patriarchy. Um, but the internet is mostly mad because Jodie Turner-Smith is a black actress and Anne Boleyn was obviously white and the internet is really upset by it. I don't know this actress. I don't have any problems with people of color playing, you know, historically white characters, just like, you know, everybody gets whitewashed. So why can't we do it the other way? Um, but it's the same people who are mad when the black actress played Hermione on Broadway. So it's just, it is what it is. But the internet's mad. I am not. Give me all the Anne Boleyn information. But if I have to look at one more comment on the internet that says, wasn't she white? I'm going to lose my shit. So <laughs> thumbs up for her. Thumbs down for the internet trolls. Like, yes, she was white because it's Anne Boleyn, obviously. But like, who cares who plays her? As long as she does a good job of portraying someone who's going to eventually get her head chopped off. I mean, how hard is that? So, I don't know. Here we are. Yeah. Thumbs up for Anne Boleyn. Thumbs down for everybody who's just a jerk on the internet. <laughs> uh, I mean, agreed. Thumbs down for jerks on the internet. <laughs> as far as this particular story goes, I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Um, it's not... I don't see myself ever watching this. Um, you know, I'm not an Anne Boleyn <laughs> fanboy. But... Um, <laughs> but the the premise itself you know the story itself sounds cool and and as far as the actress goes i mean on paper i i don't care about you know what color she is or whatever but at the same time i've never heard of her so i don't know her acting skills so i can't 100 percent say thumbs up so lydia yeah i agree with you tabitha like so many characters have been whitewashed over the years why can't it be the other way around too if they do a good job of portraying the character person whatever who cares what color they are mm-hmm. thumbs down for the internet because the internet is god awful anyway thumbs up for what could be a great movie <laughs> or Matt. thing yeah i pretty much just have to agree with everybody else like why not like if this person is if they feel like in this production this person is going to be the best fit for the character go for it like why does it matter what color their skin is as regards to that that doesn't make any it shouldn't make any difference at all um i had no cares at all about the tutors and Anne Boleyn and any of this stuff basically until the pandemic and we binge watched the tutors um and the idea of that time period after she gets sentenced to her death could be really interesting um so I don't know. I hope this makes it across the ocean so that we get to see this, not just on BBC. Um, Cause I think this would be kind of cool to watch. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Uh, Matt, let's talk about some new star Wars games. So they just released or just in the process, getting ready to release star Wars squadrons, like a new one. Um, but through a post made from EA motive, um, We've gotten some details. They like essentially leaked basically little details that there is a new Star Wars action game coming. Um, pretty much have no specifics on it. Um, the post is basically all technical jargon as they try and find a programmer 
for this game or possibly these games. Um, the way that the post is worded means we may get more than one game and that they're referring to it as an original uh, international property or not international intellectual property. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, so basically we'd be exploring a different part of the Star Wars universe that we haven't already seen. Um, I don't know. EA has done some good things. They've done some bad things. I'm always up for exploring new parts of the Star Wars universe that we haven't already gotten. So I'm going to go thumbs up. Yeah, same. I'm like, no, obviously I'm not going to play these games because it's just not who I am. But the more Star Wars universe we have, I always think the better because things that are canon always lead to more things. So thumbs up. Yeah, agreed. Sounds pretty cool. Thumbs up. Lydia. I'm sorry. I'm going to break your guys' hearts. I'm going thumb sideways simply because I feel like there's so many Star Wars games already that they can only do so much with it. Plus, wasn't there a Star Wars game in the recent years that they hyped up super, super a lot and then it didn't even happen? So my concern with this is they're going to get everyone hyped up for it again and then nothing's going to come of it and then everyone's going to be angry again. So... Thumbs up. Yeah, thumbs sideways. Bless you. Bless you. Thanks. Bless you again. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I tried so- real hard, but it's allergy season. <laughs> Truth. So our uh, last door for gut reaction. Uh, so guys, GameStop is at it again. Uh, earlier this week, there was a contest that was announced on the GameStop uh, employee portal website, whatever. Um, It's since been pulled because, you know, the internet, while the internet can be evil sometimes, you know, as we discussed with Anne Boleyn, other times the internet can be fantastic uh, because they were like, hey, GameStop, this is dumb. So (laughs) GameStop was going to have a TikTok contest that was going to uh, reward the winning location with an Echo 8, an Echo Auto, a $100 Visa gift card, and 10 additional labor hours to use during Black Friday week. So the contest, uh, so the wording on the contest made it a little unclear as to whether the 10 labor hours meant uh, like 10 hours of PTO or if GameStop was basically giving out shifts as a prize. Uh, Either way, thumbs down GameStop. Um... Y'all are, like, teetering on, like, evil, um, like, I can't even say, like, evil mastermind because you guys are dumb as hell. But, um, but yeah, <laughs> you guys are teetering on evil henchman status right now. So, thumbs down. Lydia. Yeah, this bugs me because I used to love GameStop. Like, anytime there was a game that was coming out that I wanted, I would pre-order it through them and them alone. And... They have gone so far downhill the past few years that I don't, e- I don't even want to shop there anymore. And, yeah, whether it's uh, 10 hours of PTO or 10 hours of extra work for your employees, like, this is such a stupid idea. Like, t- just stop being crappy. And th- thumbs down. <laughs> Matt. Mitch, you and I worked in restaurants long enough that- <laughs> When the way that you now worded this, when they say that they've allotted 10 more labor hours, 
what does that mean to you? That I is mean, not PT. Right. Oh, yeah. I mean, that, that means that they're giving the manager 10 more hours to schedule employees. Yep. Which means that they're giving away shifts to work in the store as a prize. Yep. So that's how I took it. <laughs> so your prize is extra hours to work your job. Woo. Thumbs down. <laughs> Tabitha. Y'all, I forgot GameStop was a thing. <laughs> I thought GameStop was gone. Because, you know, GameStop. Um, <laughs> this, this is terrible. I'm assuming they mean PTO because, like, why would you reward somebody with extra work hours? That is not a reward. Right, especially stage capitalism. <laughs> this isn't Russia, bitch. Um, thumbs down. Like I said, I forgot GameStop was a thing, so. <laughs> uh, so we're going to cut things a little bit early tonight. I always ask guys to stay late, but we've only got one story left. Um, so we talked a few months or so maybe ago, not maybe a couple months, I don't know. But when uh, when WAP was first becoming a thing and there was that whole Andrew Lloyd Webber TikTok, you know. So I've got another WAP story. And if I get one more, I'm going to have to start a WAP news desk. I'm just letting you know. Oh, God. Please don't. <laughs> no. no. I just spit out my martini, so thanks for that. <laughs> I've <laughs> not had enough rum for this, Mitch. <laughs> I've had enough to drink, but not for that. <laughs> uh, gonna need so many squeegees for that news desk. <laughs> I was thinking you uh, but okay. <laughs> Why are you the way that you are? <laughs> it's a good question. I've been trying to figure that out for 35 years. <laughs> <laughs> so... The, the uh, Milwaukee County Supervisor, uh, Ryan Clancy, has apologized on Facebook for a post featuring Cardi B and Megan Thee Stallion uh, from their music video for WAP. The picture reads, weatherization assistance program. There's some holes. <laughs> There's some holes in this house. So... <laughs> So in this instance, WAP is a program that provides low-income homeowners and renters with energy efficiency improvements to help lower utility costs, which is a fantastic thing, but, you know. Does it include their water bill? Oh, <laughs> Matt! <laughs> Lydia Bell! I got you. Oh, oh my god. So... He was asked to uh, take it down, and in his apology said, and I'm quoting here, uh, what I was hoping to do was both to draw attention to a really good program phenomenally run by black women here at the county, while also trying to make reference to a song which, at its core, has to do with empowerment, reclaiming language, and de-stigmatization. I can't even talk destigmatization it didn't <laughs> land well um, <laughs> i mean it's a very empowering song 
Is it though? <laughs> I mean, yes, it, sure, yes, yes. But I mean, no, I, 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 I'm, I'm, I don't relate it to a like a local like weather program. Yeah, like that's no, but like. like like yes, the song is empowering, but is it is not this generation's "I Am Woman, Hear Me Roar." Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's twenty twenty, Mitch. I think this is all we got. <laughs> um, the best part too, like, well, actually, it's not the best part because there are like so many fantastic things about this. But this guy, like, he is an elected official. Like, he was elected to this post. And this right here is it, this is perfect reasoning for why I can't ever run for elected office because I would do something like this. This is like one thousand percent in my wheelhouse. I'm on but the obviously because he did. <laughs> I think this just I think just this just says Mitch that if you want that elected office, you should go for it because if this guy can do it, so can you. <laughs> Yeah, you got a yeah. point. If you <laughs> put a pun on that ballot instead of like something that looks like legal jargon, I'm gonna check that box. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. like, he's clever. Fill in that blank. <laughs> uh, fill in that hole. Um, Mitch, no. <laughs> I'm referencing the meme that he made. You're fired from. <laughs> Whatever. You just lost your chance at an elected position. Oh darn! <laughs> but yeah, I mean, in today's political climate, you're fine. <laughs> you can say anything you want, be as terrible as you want, and you can still be president. Yeah, <laughs> I would vote for you. So that is going to do it for this episode of The Geek Awakens. We'll be back next week, but in the meantime, be sure to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Yes, Twitter. I forgot which one I didn't say. So. <laughs> one of those websites. Right. Uh, where we'll be posting news throughout the week. Uh, while you're there, uh, feel free to tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at The Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say it